Hey, my beautiful sisters, I am back again. This is Ola Davis with another episode of When Marriage Hurts podcast. This is episode three, and it is a loaded title. I've called this one, What is Abuse in Marriage? It's not what you think it is. When you hear the two words abuse and marriage in the same sentence, what comes to your mind? Do you immediately think of a woman who gets beaten by her husband? If your answer to that is yes, then this episode is for you because there are a thousand and one ways to be abused in marriage without being hit or beaten physically. Or maybe you sought marriage advice from someone before and somewhere in their well-intended advice, they say something like, so long as it's not beating you, any other issue can be resolved. As long as it's not beating you, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. You just need to pray more. Well, they lied. I'm sure that is one of the devil's favorite marriage advice, by the way, because it sounds so innocent and godly, but it is destructive and it is destroying lives. So we're going to take an holistic look at abuse in marriage because just as a diagnosis gives the doctor an idea of how to treat a disease, naming what ails your marriage could be the very first step towards your healing. Enough said, grab a seat and a drink. You're going to need it, trust me. And let's dig into today's episode. Hey sis, welcome to the When Marriage Hurts podcast. I'm your host, Ola Davis. My mission is to help Christian women in painful marriages become aware of the marriage lies our society and religion has programmed our heads with. Are you tired of marriage advice that always blames you for whatever goes wrong in your marriage? Have you attended all the marriage seminars seeking help only to be blamed and shamed for your marriage problems? Has your marriage become the source of your greatest pain? Have you lost hope of being happily married? Are you just hanging in for the sake of your kids? I've been there before. I know what it is like to feel alone in marriage, yet feel trapped by the wedding vows that I made. Together, we will discover scriptural truths that set us free from the pain so that healing can begin. Oh yeah, let's shake some tables. For the purpose of this episode, I am going to use the term domestic abuse interchangeably with marital abuse. And that's because they have the same core elements. Actually, I'm not sure there's a significant difference. The The difference that I could draw or I could find between the two is that marital abuse is specific in the sense that it refers to abuse happening in a marital relationship while domestic abuse could be um going on it could be a, it doesn't have to be a marital relationship okay it could just be where you have a boyfriend and a girlfriend living together or you have a couple living together but they're not married which if you are listening to this podcast and you're living with someone you're not married to um it's not a good idea and if you're getting if you're getting abused on top of that, it's that's that's just 
God has better plans for you. Let me just leave it at that so that I don't digress here. Okay, so where do we start? All right, let's start at what is domestic abuse. Let's not assume we know what it means, okay? Um, so I did do some pretty good research and I checked a bunch of websites and I kind of like how the United Nations website laid it out because it's very, they give a very detailed definition and they don't use all this, you know, fancy words. They use words that one can really relate with words that one can understand because domestic abuse it's a very sneaky terminology you think you know what it is but sometimes you really don't you think you understand it in its entirety but a lot of people don't so anyways we're going to go with the united nations website definition of what domestic abuse is domestic abuse also called domestic violence or intimate partner violence can be defined as a pattern of behavior in any relationship that is used to gain or maintain power and control over an intimate partner. I'm going to read that again. It says domestic abuse can be defined as a pattern of behavior in any relationship that is used to gain or maintain power and control over an intimate partner. I am going to leave a link to this page on the United Nations website. I'm going to leave a link to that in the podcast notes for anyone that wants to read further. Okay, so going back to our definition. The key words are pattern, power, control. So it says it's a pattern of behavior. So we're going to be um, talking about some behaviors, not just in this podcast episode, but in upcoming episodes as well. And it might sound to the untrained ears, it might sound like, well, if someone's exhibiting this behavior, does that necessarily mean that they're abusive? No. So that's why I say one of the keywords here is pattern of behavior. So someone doing something once might not necessarily establish a pattern. Um, But when we talk about domestic abuse, there's usually a pattern of behavior that is used to gain or maintain power and control. Those are the other two keywords in that definition. Power and control over an intimate partner. So in domestic abuse, To recognize it, we are looking for a pattern of behaviors and the motive is to maintain or gain power and control over a partner. Moving right along, forms or types of abuse. I find this really interesting. I think what might constitute domestic abuse to people would vary based on a number of factors. The least of that not being their background and also culture i think culture has a lot to do with it culture has a lot to do with it um coming from nigeria if you're talking of abuse and you're talking about marital abuse and nobody is beating anybody i think it kind of confuses people i don't even think people would 
understand what you meant by that. And, you know, it doesn't matter how highly educated they are, right? It doesn't matter if they have a PhD in whatever. If you're saying that a woman is being abused in marriage, you know, they're probably thinking, oh my goodness, are they okay? You know, is their husband's abuse sending them to the hospital? Because they immediately get this image of someone who's been beaten up by a husband. And then if you come around and say, oh, no, 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 the husband isn't beating her, it's just abusing her in some other ways, they just look at you like, what are you even talking about? Let's talk about forms or types of abuse. Now, I'm still reading from my source, <laughs> United Nations website. It says, abuse is physical, sexual, emotional, economic, or psychological actions or traits of actions that influence another person. I'll go over that a little bit more slowly, and I'll just make a few comments about it. It says abuse can be physical. That's pretty obvious. We all know that. When we see that, we all know what, we can name it for what it is, physical abuse. It also says it, it, it can be sexual. It says it can be emotional. Emotional. I'm deliberately skipping over the sexual abuse part because that's not something we'll be discussing in this episode. But it says it could also be emotional. Emotional is an interesting word that sounds kind of empty to a lot of people when you say emotional abuse. There are people who think they all, oh, they understand what that means. And if you were to ask them to explain, they really can't articulate that clearly. They just have this idea that, well, maybe the wife isn't happy in the marriage. And maybe that's what emotional abuse. So it's kind of vague. And we'll be talking a lot about emotional abuse in coming episodes of the podcast. Yeah, so emotional abuse, it's a very sneaky one. And I say it's sneaky because a lot of times the person being abused, and for the purposes of this episode, we'll just assume it's the woman. I know that men can be abused in marriage as well, but this podcast audience is primarily women, okay? All right. So the woman or the wife who's been emotionally abused usually doesn't even know it. She doesn't even know she's been abused. She will just know that something is off. And that's usually at the early stages. If the abuse continues at some point, she wouldn't even notice anything's off anymore. Because she's been trained to just think that way by her abuser. Okay. Um, psychological actions. So it says it could be physical, emotional, economic, or psychological actions or threats of actions. I think that's powerful and that's very telling. So it's saying that abuse could be psychological actions or threats of actions. So an abuser doesn't necessarily have to do something, but they could threaten to do something. And when we say threaten, it doesn't have to be by their words. So a man who is psychologically abusive might invoke a fear in his wife, he might go into this flash of rage where the wife might know that, oh, my husband is probably not going to hit me. 
but they are just as scared as they would be or even more scared than if they knew that it was going to hit them. Like they are literally as scared as they would be if that husband was pointing a gun at them. And the husband is doing this without using any physical weapon, right? He's just using his words or his expressions or his body language. So it says it could also be threats of actions. It could be that the abuser is just threatening to do stuff. So like for a man who knows that maybe his wife is a stay-at-home mom, for instance, and he just threatens some stuff. Like if you don't X, Y, Z, you know, I'm just going to stop paying the children's school fees. That's a threat. You know, that's something that's going to tell the woman that, well, you know, let me just comply and behave. Because, of course, I don't want my children's school fees to not be paid. So that's threats of actions. That's an example. Or, say, a woman's trying to leave a marriage for, maybe because of how she's been treated, and the husband says something like, well, you know, I've apologized. What else do you want me to do? I can't live without you. I can't live without you. If you leave me, I think I'm just going to kill myself. I'm just going to commit suicide. That's threats of action. That's psychological abuse. Because that puts that woman in a situation now where they feel like they're responsible for this man's life. They carry that guilt. As if the abuse they've been through isn't enough, now they have to carry the guilt of thinking, I might actually have someone's blood on my hands. I better not leave this marriage. Yeah, that's. I know that sounds really sick, but that happens. So it says psychological actions or traits of actions that influence another person. So I've, I, I think I've given um, a few good examples of that. So it's control. It's trying to manipulate and control someone through these various means. Now, there's another kind of domestic abuse that I'm going to talk about. This wasn't actually in the United Nations definition, but it is just as real and as valid as the other forms of marital abuse. It is spiritual abuse. Yeah, spiritual abuse. I know that I just confused some people right there. <laughs> what is spiritual abuse? Um, that's not a term that I've heard thrown around in Nigerian circles at least, but it is a form of abuse that not only goes on in homes, it actually goes on in churches as well, sadly. Some of you listening to me right now are members in churches where you're being spiritually abused on a weekly basis. Some of you are married to Christian men. They could actually be leaders in church and they are actually spiritually abusing you in the home and you have no idea. Because the way spiritual abuse works, it does. it's kind of similar to other forms of abuse in the sense that the abuser programs the victim in a certain way. And once the programming happens, the victim responds to the abuse in a certain way. Like, it distorts their reality. Anyway, I think I have to find a way to explain this better. Enough of the big English words. So, spiritual abuse... This works, quote-unquote, works pretty well with women that are believers, like faith-based women. If a woman is not really into faith 
or say she's not really into God or she's not really into religion. And even if she claims to be a Christian, let's say if she's really not one and her faith isn't really important to her, um, she's less likely to be a victim of spiritual abuse. Now, am I saying that people should throw their faith in the trash can? <laughs> That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm just trying to explain how spiritual abuse works here. The way it works is when the abuser knows that their intended victim is someone who loves God, someone who cares about their relationship with God, or even if they don't have a solid relationship with God, they care about what God thinks of them, right? They care about obeying the laws of God. They might not even realize that God wants a relationship with them more than he wants their obedience. When a woman is that kind of person where they just want to obey God, they just want to live their life right, you know, live it by God's rules. When an abuser recognizes that in their intended victim, they could use it against that victim. They could use it to influence, they could use it to manipulate, they could use it to to control their intended victim. So if it's like, a, I know we're talking marital abuse here, but Stay with me, okay? If it's like a church leader or pastor to member kind of relationship, spiritual abuse would look like the church leader or pastor saying to you, if you don't pay your tithes, you know, something terrible is going to happen to you. That is spiritual abuse. I know that I just, like some people, I just confused like half the people listening to this podcast right now. (laughs) okay i'm sorry but i i had to laugh about that that i think that that's that probably wasn't the best example but i think it is the best example because it kind of drives drives on the point should people and i I don't want to start talking about tight tidying that's not what this episode is about but is it a good thing to type yes but if should people be manipulated into doing that? Should church leaders try and manipulate and control people and, you know, lead with fear? No, that's just wrong. That's a no-no. So that's an example of spiritual abuse that I think most people can relate with, okay? Now, how does it play out in a marriage? The way spiritual abuse plays out in a marriage is... Say the husband says something to his wife like, you are not submissive. You know, for a Christian woman who's trying to please God and knows that the Bible says that wives are supposed to submit to their husband, there's something that that does on the inside of you. So it is, it's a subtle way of trying to control that person, trying to influence, or let me say manipulate, because influence has... A positive connotation to it. Manipulation, on the other hand, is just evil. Okay, so I'll use manipulate. So it's a way to kind of manipulate another person, manipulate one's wife, try to control them, try to gain control or maintain control over them by using scriptures as a weapon. And the scriptures was never meant to be a weapon that we used against each other. Yeah, it's a weapon to be used against the enemy, but not 
against your fellow human being, not especially not the person that you're married to. So they try to use it as a, as a weapon to poke you, you know, to get you where they want to, they, where they want to get you to. So maybe your wife is trying to voice a concern to her husband, and the husband just says something like, "You know, if we would just be more okay, let's say the husband beats beats up the wife or something." And then he comes around and, I don't know, maybe even apologize, right? Maybe he apologizes to his wife. And then he says things like, you know, you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the reason why I, I have to do this. You know, because you make me so hungry and you're just not submissive. You know, the Bible says, and then it doesn't matter what they say. It, it, the words that come after the Bible says, it doesn't really matter. Because at that point, that is... Actually, that's not just spiritual abuse. That's spiritual abuse mixed with physical abuse, mixed with psychological abuse. So, like these different forms of abuse, they kind of go hand in hand a lot of times. So sometimes you might see a mix of physical, emotional, um, spiritual, financial. Financial is another one. Oh my goodness. How did that not make it into the United Nations definition? I have no idea. Either, I don't know. Okay, that's a big one. I wonder how they missed that. Or maybe I missed it. Who knows? Anyways, so financial abuse is another form of abuse. Okay, so I'm just, I'm not going into um, real serious details here about each form of abuse. I'm just kind of introducing you, sort of, in a way, or waking you up to the fact that there's more to domestic abuse than the physical abuse that we tend to think about when we think about that word abuse. All right, so um, I'll keep reading from my source, United Nations website. It says, this includes, still trying to define abuse here. It says, this includes any behaviors that frighten, intimidate, terrorize, manipulate, hurt, humiliate, blame, injure or wound someone see i like how they use the simple words it's not like psychological jargon that you wouldn't you wouldn't like a phd in psychology to understand right they use simple words here and remember we talked about this at the very beginning of the podcast that we're talking pattern of behaviors here so maybe a husband does something that frightens his wife or hurts her once, twice, you know, maybe they do something to hurt you today and, you know, maybe the last time they did something like that to hurt you was 10 years ago. That might not exactly constitute a pattern, right? I mean, it could, but not necessarily. It could be a one-time thing. And then it says, behaviors that hurt someone, anyone that's been married longer than five minutes... (laughs) knows that even the happiest couples do hurt each other every once in a while, okay? But when we use the term hurt, hurts are pretty much, they are, hurts are different, right? Um, but when there's a pattern, so I think that's that's how you get to know if something's just a normal, you know, lover's quarrel or if there's a pattern of abuse. So when there's a pattern when when you can see a clear cut pattern of behaviors that's intended to frighten someone, 
intimidate them, try to terrorize them, or manipulate. I think I've said enough about manipulation. Or humiliate. Now, that's a very subtle one. Humiliation. So when a man humiliates his wife, and you might ask, well, how does a man humiliate his wife? It doesn't, the how doesn't really matter. But at the end of the day, when you take a bird's high view of the situation, was that woman humiliated by something the husband did, either directly or indirectly, or by something he did not do, which is an interesting way to look at it too. So a man could humiliate his wife by saying something demeaning to her, you know, whether in public or in private. But then a man could also humiliate his wife just by watching other people humiliate her and while he stands by and watches and says nothing and does nothing. That's a really subtle form of abuse. <laughs> so if a woman is being demeaned or she's being cut down by other people's words or say someone's verbally attacking her and the husband just stands by and says nothing. For whatever reason. I know someone's probably thinking, well, what's so wrong with that? What if it's just a gentle somebody, you know? What if it's just someone that does not like confrontation? Let me tell you something. That in itself is a symptom of someone who's been abused. Symptom of someone who's been abused is that they always make excuses. They always make excuses for the abuser's behavior. No matter how bad it is, they will find a reason why maybe it wasn't so bad. A man is supposed to protect his wife. He's not supposed to, you know, stand by and watch while she's being attacked by other people. If a, if a wife can be attacked in the presence of her husband and not be protected, then what does she need a husband for? Really, think about it. So it also says blame. So a pattern of behavior that looks to blame the woman. Earlier, I gave the example of, you know, an abusive husband that beats his wife and then apologizes and then says, well, it is because you don't submit or it is because X, Y, Z. So they never take responsibility for their actions. That's just the thing with an abuser. If you, my sister, if you're going to forget everything that I've said on this podcast today, do not forget this one thing. An abuser never takes responsibility for his action. So if he cheats with another woman, it's his wife's fault. If, you know, he's not doing well in his career or whatever and he's financially down, it's his wife's fault. If he maltreats his wife, it's because his wife is not submissive or his wife is not whatever. He never takes responsibility for anything. If his marriage is breaking down, it's his wife's fault. Never takes responsibility. There is no, oh, you know, we need to work at this marriage together because we haven't done the, no. It's the fault of the victim. That is abuse. All right. So I thought that we were going to cover this domestic abuse topic in a single episode. But it looks like I wouldn't be able to do that. So we are going to call it a day right here. <laughs> and we'll continue on the next episode of When Marriage Hurts.
But before then, until I see you on the next episode. Okay, I'm not even sure why I said that because I'm not really going to see you. Until, what's the right expression? Oh my goodness, I, I just, I just kind of blanked out. I can't even think in English right now. Anyways, until we get to meet, yeah, I think that's more appropriate. <laughs> until we get to meet on the next episode, it's your girl, Ola Davis, saying, take care, God bless, and do not forget to go to our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts, and join the group, and I will see you there. God bless you. Has this podcast blessed you? If yes, please head over to Apple Podcasts, When Marriage Hurts, and leave a written review for the show. It would be such a blessing to me to know that this show has impacted you in some ways. Also, share this podcast with a friend. Let's spread the word. Lastly, if you would like to be a part of a community of like-minded women of faith who are on a journey to living the best life God has for them despite their marriage challenges, join our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. Until next time, remember the words of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.